is my last guided meditation for this retreat about the uh, metta and uh, so in the first meditation I was like speaking about the you know the warmth of metta and how that is you know like the sun for example shining on a flower and it's a catalyst for opening the flower is just opening up when the sun is shining on the on the bud, and you're just you know, knowing that uh, natural process and and using it, you know, to enrich the mind and develop the potential it has for the Brahma Viharas, which is naturally there in a seed form, and we know how to work with it, we can make it stronger and we can familiarize ourselves with it and then we can call it up if we need it and it's a very beneficial quality to learn to work with deliberately. And then yesterday I was speaking about you know, how that Metta helps to open the mind and enrich the mind and then through that richness and openness the mind is much more capable to be in full contact with experience because it's supported by that, the richness of metta and is much more resourced and full and also that it can just allow itself that much more complete form of contact with other you know human beings or any beings and ourselves as well. And today I'm just gonna continue along this trajectory you know, that how a mind enriched in this way, which is capable for complete contact, how it can, uh, you know, through seeing clearly, can let go. So we can start again with just finding a posture you can sustain for about 50 minutes or so and you know bring to mind why are you sitting here why are you meditating Checking the body, the back straight and shoulders, dropping the shoulders and relaxing the jaw, relaxing the eyes. And just consciously connecting with the breath.
And then again, bringing up an image which evokes that feeling of metta in you. A little baby maybe, or a baby animal, some sweet being. And then maybe you know, looking in the eyes of that being and you know, knowing the uncertainty of these times right now, being on the cusp of an old way of understanding what it is to be a human being dying and the new starting to show its little shoots here and there but it's all still very tentative Just taking in in so many ways, we haven't really been living up to the name Homo sapiens, wise people. That was really very premature to choose this name. But it's just a this is just another way of displaying our immaturity and according ourselves homo sapiens. There's something you know, endearing in this, if it wouldn't be that violent repercussions it has. A precocious, you know, little toddler or something like that. Who thinks that they know a lot more than they really do? And I'm bringing out that loving kindness towards ourselves, and then may we find our right position within that mystery of life unfolding, you know, and stepping down from thinking that we are in control or that we are the center of the universe or anything like that.
consciousness and knowledge, you know, which many of the indigenous people have conserved for us, but it's not much interest yet in that knowledge. Not enough. Maybe there's many different ways of intelligence uh, understood, you know, to be existing, coexisting, and the way how we are operating is just one way, not necessarily the superior way. all of that and allowing that to bring forth that sense of warmth and uh, loving kindness in the midst of all of this unfoldings. We are all together and there's the babies and the old people and everyone. And with the impression connecting with the metta, how that feels in the body, and with the out breath, just you know, letting it go out into space. But just paying attention to the feeling, which is, you know, welling up in the chitta like a spring. Just paying attention to that. Becomes more stable. And if you find it, you know, useful to visualize that as a, as a color, 
pink or, or light green for example you can do that So with the inhalation we connect with the feeling of metta and with the exhalation we just allow it to flow out, the spaciousness. Now all around and above and below. like sitting in a sphere of metta and allowing that in its own time, you know, to just expand. For some reason, you're losing the meta again and bringing up again the image. And then just kick starting it in this way and then allowing it to stabilize again and then doing meta and being meta.
like a peaceful surface of a lake, you know, which is not impacted by any kind of waves, like the sun is reflecting in the still surface of the lake. And the brightness of matter. Being aware of the how it feels, the brightness, the warmth of it, the inhalation and letting go out into spaciousness with the exhalation.
And if the mind is enriched in this way, doesn't need to have any other stories to hold on to. It's just simply open, no need to grasp anything. There's a different way how to, you know, the mind is inclined to letting go through that feeling of warmth and matter rather than, you know, cutting through with insight. It's another way, the sword of Manchua Shrey and the warmth of, uh, say, yeah, Avalokiteshvara, those different principles, compassion, or, you know, metta and uh, cutting through or inside, cool and warm. Both works for different people at different times. Sometimes a combination of both. The mind is very contracted and can't cut through you. Needs the warmth to open up, melting the contraction. Dissolving it with warmth, like a muscle, you know, which is very contracted. You need to put on some warmth to make it slowly release.
And we can uh, let it go of the limit of metta, how that feels, the metta, and just paying attention to the spaciousness. Infinite space. It's a bit more subtle an object than metta. So the mind needs to be you know, refined more in order to stay in contact with that spaciousness. Knowing spaciousness, the infinite space. which doesn't end at the wall of the room, walls of the room, but just goes on infinite. Connecting with that. Not, not thinking about it. good way to, you know, to know that infinite space is to listen to that space. It's like a manner of speaking that can be helpful, which is to listen to the infiniteness of that space. And it just opens the mind up.
the next step is uh, becoming aware of that which knows that infinite space which must also be infinite being aware of the knowing itself so dropping the space no object just subject being aware of subject awareness being aware of itself not knowing that you know It's one of the main meditation instructions in the Thai forest tradition. Being aware of the knowing. dropping the I or the ego behind that knowing, just knowing. Knowing is still happening. And the bird, nice sound is coming. It's known, we don't need to do anything. and mind knowing without any identification just what it is empty of the self.
in the wide open knowing and then the objects arise and cease in the knowing. The bird song and the rustling of the leaves. It is a complete knowing, not grasping at any particular features of that which is arising. You know, and the mind which is enriched by metta can do that much easily. Much more easily than a mind you know, who needs something. Needs something to hold on. something to push away. And that's a mind, you know, where the five hindrances are temporarily in abeyance. temporary liberation of the mind through metta. And it can be also done with many other objects through any other of the four Brahmaviharas or through paying attention to the breath or for the objects which we can find in the scriptures. And the mind which is temporarily liberated and free from the hindrances right now can really pay a complete attention to what is arising if it chooses to do that. And that's you know, what is liberating, paying attention to our experience in a particular way, paying attention to impermanence. Paying attention to those features of experience we usually don't pay attention to, because we usually look at experience in terms of good and bad and wanting and not wanting and all of that. For now, we have dropped that. So we have the freedom to look at particularly described features of experience which are said to be liberating. 
three characteristics impermanence unsatisfactoriness and emptiness or not self empty of a self And if we pay attention to impermanence that, you know, over time it affects the way how we're experiencing things because passion is going to be diminished, attachment is going to be diminished, it's called viraga, and passion is washed away through a reality check. The word raga comes from rang, which means to color. Because our passion and our attachments tend to color our experience. Then you know, if there's a certain amount of dispassion, then we have more capacity to pay attention to endings. Usually we are glued on beginnings. That's why we like you know babies and puppies. But then you know if dispassion is diminished, there's a capacity to see the whole sequence completely beginning, middle and end. It's neuroda cessation. Being able to pay attention to the whole thing, not just to what you like or don't like. Seeing things in context brings a measure of peace. And on the deep recognition of this is not in my control. This doesn't belong to me. This is not me, this is not mine. And then the selfing is going to let go, 
and my first teacher Buddha Ashram Buddha Rasa called it, you know, throwing it all back to nature. The rightful owner, he said. So that very kind of simple process of stealing the mind, hindrances in abeyance, and then the mind can really connect with impermanence. And through that, passion gets washed away, and the capacity to see clearly increases, and then results in letting go. That's really, you know, the essence of vipassana. And that can result in a permanent liberation. You know, the four stages of insight. If you know that seeing is deep enough, so it's cut through the... Uh, Fetters. And the meta is a very good uh, practice you know, to get the mind ready for that kind of seeing. And at the same time, also, it a very beneficial effect on the way how we relate, hopefully, to ourselves and others. So it's, you know, you are basically training the mind in two ways at the same time, a very quote-unquote efficient way of practicing.
Isn't that letting go and it's not something we can force the mind to do, but it's more like the relentless seeing of impermanence and unsatisfactoriness and not, and not self. That which is, that's what results in the letting go. And there's lots of uh, different synonyms in the sutta explaining the relentlessness. And I particularly like the one uh, hen sitting on her eggs. It just needs to fully cover the eggs and stay there. It's going to happen if it's what needs to happen. Like the dedication to really being completely there. and allowing the process to teach us In a few minutes, I'm going to ring the bell and just paying attention to endings. You know, even a peaceful meditation comes to an end. And then you have to just drop, drop that attachment, the peacefulness, or keep on sitting longer if we can.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.